You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at Rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? And um, this episode, we're going to keep it a little real. We're going to keep it a little dialed in, uh, as I know the last couple of episodes and some of the episodes have run a little long, and, I, and we're going to get into the weeds, and I, and I just want to cover a couple of things that I think are, are really important for this podcast, but also just really from like managing expectations and level setting out there. You know, I think the beauty and the reason I'm so passionate and excited about this NFT space is because I do believe that the, the only limitation for what is possible in this space is the limitation we put on ourselves for what we can imagine is possible. Now, I know that can sound very fluffy, and you're like, oh, sure, Brian, that's what they all say. That's what all these things are saying. But when I look at you know the idea that creators are now going to be empowered and that each person, and when I say creator, it doesn't mean you have to be an artist or a musician. Um, yes, those are going to be benefit. But you know, if you're creating experiences or creating content or conversations or community or creating you know, really any form of content, this kind of plays perfectly into where you are and what you're, you have going on. But I also know that not only can this be extremely overwhelming, but it can feel very polarizing because there's a lot of things going on that might not just seem normal. And I was thinking about this from the standpoint of just, you know, in the last couple of episodes, I've been, you know, sharing like what I would, what three accounts you need. And I, I've been sharing a, a little bit about like some of the, the nuances, but I realized that like, I didn't break down some of the other aspects that are, are equally important. And like one of them is cryptocurrency, right? And I am not one that would have thought uh, years ago that I would be in the space uh, of crypto. And, and part of the reason was that, you know, I was very advocate, you know, or very ad adamant, not advocate, very adamant in 2013 when I started talking about blockchain, when I worked at the data center company uh, as an evangelist, that I, I didn't want to see crypto or something with a financial attachment to it to become the first use case for this new blockchain technology and, and really just this the rewiring of the internet is what I like to think of this. And unfortunately, crypto became the the thing that became what uh, you know, was kind of the first use case to go mainstream on, on this technology. And I will say the most exciting part is that like this is the small like this is just like the start, like the way that we are going to disrupt everything from how we purchase cars to how we share our data to even like the way that we do background checks and the way that we think about, you know, where if you buy a house, you know, the builder of the house has the opportunity to, you know, put the house on a, in a blockchain so that they will get then residuals every time the house is sold. Therefore, they would have an extra reason to keep the house maintained and to deliver at a high quality because the, the more value the house holds, the more that they will continue to get something written into the contract. But I wanted to just kind of back up for a minute and, and just say, like, I know for many that, you know, crypto might sound like funny money, right? It might sound like scam artists or people that are um, like hiding their money or this like short 
you know, phase of the world that we, that just seems so complex. And, and the reason I say that is cause I was there, I was like, this is weird. I remember even when I got my first 12 block uh, or bitcoins, I got these Bitcoin because I became on a podcast with a friend and that's what he, he rewarded me with. And I was like, thanks dude. And he was like, yeah, make sure you write down your, like your seed phrase and put this, you know, and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, and I wrote it down, uh, uh, you know, and he was like, don't put it anywhere that can get, you know, broken and everything. And I, and I wrote it down on like, you know, I actually kind of scraped it into the outside of this, um, filing cabinet that I had, uh, that I knew was like, oh, that, that kind of works out well. And unfortunately, uh, that filing cabinet got thrown out, um, as I was moving out and that is, that is neither here nor there. But the reason I wanted to kind of back this up a little bit is that when I, when I, I say like the power of NFTs comes down to the exchange of value with ownership. What I mean by value is doesn't really mean financial value, but of course right now that is a lot of the play. A lot of the conversation is around financial value. But as you guys heard on the last episode, when I broke down the difference in creator coins versus cryptocurrency, one of the things that we haven't really thought about in this space, and I think this is where the an aha moment comes for a lot of people, is that you know normally when we transact on in the digital space, especially for services like if you've ever bought an online course, or you've paid for a membership, or maybe you subscribe to a virtual event. You know, I think all of us did that in the last year. Part of that that attendance to going to that event, you know, is the fact that you have to show up and you have to pay attention. And maybe some of them allow you to attend multiple events. Um, maybe even some of them let you buy tickets that you know you can redeem at your own leisure. But one of the things that's really beautiful about this idea of crypto and why this all makes really unique sense is that it allows us to move the conversation away from this idea of holding something or exchanging something into a one-to-one fashion. And what I mean by that is that, you know, if I am sending someone, uh, you know, Ethereum or or Bitcoin, or Doge, or Shiba Inu, or Solano, or whatever you know cryptocurrency it is, there the ability for that to not only increase in value, of course, decrease in value as well, but also the ability for that to be shared, the ability that to be transferred, the really the ability that to be held and it to, to gain value, is something that does not exist in our traditional exchanging of of money ways. Right? If I send you a hundred dollar bill, and you hold on to that hundred dollar bill for a year, there's really no positive impact that a $100 bill is going to come out of. And if you held it on for a year, you probably lost it in your pant pocket, right? But the ability for us to, you know, not only continue to invest and grow, but to, you know, kind of grow together has never really lived within the financial system. And so that's why crypto is such an important part of this conversation. But beyond that, there's also this idea of like, you know, some some, you know, let's just say phrases or vernacular that exists within um, this space that I just wanted to kind of hit. And like a couple of them that like, I think sometimes are thrown out there and then you know, we're not really even sure what they mean. You know, I've been saying the word mint and NFT for all these episodes, yet I don't think I qualified exactly what a mint of an NFT is or, or what does that mean or how does that fit into um, this conversation? And I apologize for that because that is something that I, I do a better job or at least I like, I strive to do a better job of really outlining that and really a minting minting an nft or like what is you know is it's really the process at which you mint the the actual you know piece of art that is the face um and it just really means that you are the first person recorded on the blockchain that owns that specific nft 
So the difference between buying, uh, minting an NFT and buying a, an NFT on the secondary market like OpenSea is that the very first person that actually you know, mints the NFT in the day that they're launched, their name is kind of the very first one that it's logged under. But there's really no other tangible value beyond that. And I, I'll explain on a different episode why I think that'll change. But I think it's really important because the the process itself is very simple, right? Like for most part, I'm going to a website that I know at a certain time is going to release a certain amount of NFTs and I connect my wallet. I know ahead of time how much, um, you know, what, what coin I need and how much of that coin I need. And I have that in my wallet connected. I also know that there will be a gas prices that are going to fluctuate in, in a certain amount. And so the other term of that here is that gas prices term, right? And the gas prices is really, if you think of it as a transactional fee and on Ethereum, which is the blockchain and the, the crypto that we use uh, is most popular at the moment. I say at the moment, cause some of the other ones are, are gaining in popularity um, for NFTs. The, the, the downside of Ethereum is that there is a charge or a, there is a transaction fee, which they call gas for the, the mining of that cryptocurrency. And depending on how many people are using Ethereum at that moment, the gas prices can go very high. Um, in some cases, they can go low. They've been lower previous days or previous months. But right now, that is something you have to factor in um, to this space. Now, with that, you know, with the idea of minting and, and then the gas fees, the other thing that, that is built into NFTs are this idea of a smart contract. And really, if you think about it, what a smart contract is, is it's really just the binding terms underneath of the actual you know, image, the JPEG or the NFT that explains what will happen based on certain actions. It's like an if this, then that statement. If you hold this NFT on this date, you will be awarded this. Or like V Friends, for example, which was Gary Vaynerchuk's um, NFT. If you hold his NFT on a certain date in 2022, you will be able to attend a conference called VCon that'll be only available for those that are holding the NFT. So within the contract that is coded into the, the, v, the v Friends NFT, it actually says that. And so that V Friends NFT can be sold on OpenSea, the aftermarket, 50 times between now and that date. But on that date, whoever is holding it based on the contract will then be given those tickets. The tickets will be then awarded to that person. And all of this is done automatically within the blockchain. And so I think this is the part that is often overlooked. On top of the idea of having that smart contract, there is also the ability to be built into this the contract, the idea of a creator fee or a fee that is automatically taken off every time that the, the item is sold that is sent back to whoever puts the NFTs out there, um, whoever writes the smart contract decides how that goes. Now, some of them will put the fee towards a, um, a charity or like a, a DAO or a graded entity. Others put it towards themselves as the creator. And what is beautiful about this is this is the true essence of removing the starving artist from the conversation. Because now as an artist, when you when you have a piece of art and you put it for sale and you're like, I think it's worth one ETH and someone buys it. And then you, all of a sudden you find out, you know, a couple of weeks later that someone sold it for eight ETH because someone else found it more valuable. The nice part about that is built into the contract every time they sell it, 
that original artist, that original creator will get like, you know, the average right now in the industry is about 10%. Um, some contracts do 5%, but the average seems to be about 10%. Will automatically be, be given that money. That No matter what, the person that owns the NFT or that piece of art cannot remove that piece from the blockchain. It is built into the contract. And so if something keeps getting sold over and over and over again, that original creator gets rewarded with that, with that you know, residual amount. And let's face it, that's the way it should have been. It should have always been that way for artists. And in many cases, artists will end up selling their prized possessions just to make ends meet. And then the, pro- the, the price, you know, goes up 100x and they're still, you know, eating ramen noodles and unable to provide. Yet the people that are that originally took advantage or had that opportunity um, to buy that original piece are, are being the only one that benefits. And so these are some of the nuances within this space that I think are just really important. I wanted to hammer home on this episode. And then lastly, the, the part that I also wanted just to kind of connect some of the dots here is that we are very early on. So some of this is going to change. Some of this is going to evolve. You know, part of the beauty of this daily podcast is that I know that what we're talking about, how we're talking about this will continue to evolve and change. And I will continue to come back to certain topics. And I also know that like not everyone's going to listen to every episode. I mean, it's a daily podcast. But I want to, you know, give you the opportunity to also engage and add feedback and and you know, I want you to feel as though you can you can really message me and say, "Brian, that was a great episode, but I still don't understand this." Or uh, Brian, like, cool, but this this is still confusing to me. Or I don't really understand why does cryptocurrency have value? It still feels like funny money. And I'll just say, like, my answer to that is, you know, really money, the dollar bill, especially here in the United States, has has not been backed by gold for many, many, many years. We've been printing money without anything tangible being behind it. And the interesting thing about cryptocurrencies and, and where this is all moving is that there is a finite supply of them. And, you know, it takes computers to solve complex math problems for these this uh, coins to be mined. Um, and of course, they're built in different you know uh, ways and, and certain um, blockchains are, are built for certain things like speed. Other ones are built for transactional volume. Other ones are built um, with really no value at all underneath them at all. And and so the, the thing that we have to think about here in crypto is that it's not about like, hey, how do I understand, how do I know that this is worth what it's worth? Because really the way that that's determined is by overall demand and everyone believing that it's worth a certain amount. Much like a piece of art, we are told that a piece of art is, you know, is, you know, the art is in the love or the love for art is in the eye of the beholder. And then if an, if an art you know, person that loves this piece of art says that piece is not, is worth, I will never sell that for less than a million dollars. And someone says, okay, I'll offer you a million dollars. Well, now that art piece is worth a million dollars. And when that person says it to someone else, like, Hey, I bought that for a million dollars. There now is that in, you know, that intrinsic value saying that art piece is now worth a million dollars. But when the person that created it, the artist, he didn't go out to create it to say, I hope this is worth a million dollars or how this is worth. And so Part of the beauty of this is that you, we have to we have to think we have to reimagine the way we look at all of these aspects of our lives, how we share data, how we communicate, how do we share value? If you are if you have something of massive value and all of a sudden you're no longer using it or no longer have value for it in your life, why is it so hard to to sell that or transact that or or send it to someone? And then on top of it, how hard is it to, for us to verify something is what they say it is? 
the nice thing about the blockchain, the nice thing about this whole space is that once things are you know, minted onto the blockchain and the smart contract is there, it cannot be edited or changed or modified. And there is a chain of custody. You can actually go onto my NFTs. If you just go to OpenSea.com slash iSocialFans, you can look at all of the, the NFTs that I currently own. And you can even look at all, you know the transactional history. You can see which ones I minted versus which ones did someone else have first and I bought next. And the, the beauty of all this is this transparency is going to exist. And so for as much as there might be some... Um, some concern about you know where this is all going and and yes you know we we don't really know the future and and it, there is a possibility of you know of the markets coming backwards for a while and there's uh you know these rumors of these of this winter is coming for the nft market but the thing that i look at that's beautiful is this transparency concept because yes stock dividends exist um for the longest time and yes we could trade money um and and invest in companies um on the nasdaq and the dow but the, the transparency for us and for many of us, the barrier to entry was not only steep, but very disconnected because we were technically investing in giant entities or brands that we had really no emotional connection to or, or linkage to. But I will tell you, for the 735 people that are holding the ADHD coin right now, first of all, I say thank you, especially in this week of Thanksgiving. I just want to say thank you. But also... I know that they they have a connection to me and understand everything that I have going on and understand what we're we're working towards and they have a ventured interest in like who I am as a whole and they're they're not only doing it for the financial value or the the utility that they get by you know because they hold the coin they have access to to me that most people don't have access to but they also are, are investing in in someone and someone that they could that is relatable and connected to them. And so that's where this all goes to me. And so I do believe you need to do your own research. I do believe that I don't want people to just, you know, to, you know, use money that they can't afford to lose or to all of a sudden blindly go into this space. But I will say this is that my promise to all of you is is if you stick around with me, I will answer your questions. Please message me on any social platform uh, from LinkedIn to Twitter to Facebook. They're all the same accounts. It's iSocialFans with a Z at the end on all of those accounts. Send me a message. Ask me a question that you wanted me to cover uh, in a future episode. But then also, you know, think about it from the standpoint of, you know, how can I start to take leaps? How can I start to, to test out where we are all going? Because it's very easy for us to be scared of the unknown. It's even easier for us to bash what we don't understand, or we don't really feel like we want to spend the time learning. But if we want to change the world, if we want to innovate, if we want to push what we can possibly do as creators, if we want to reimagine what a workday looks like so we can have more time with our family or friends or travel, it requires us to do things differently. We are not going to get different results by doing the same things we've done for the last hundreds of years just in a different format online. We must reimagine how we approach things, how we think of every aspect of our business and our lives. If we're open to being to reimagining and we're, you're going to give me the perspective that that's possible, I can promise you we're going to have a lot of fun on this journey. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. This show is Cheers. not financial advice, so do your own 